Hi, I'm Dr. Whitney Hauser with DryEyeCoach.com, and I'm joined by Zach Denning, Product Science Specialist from Science Space Health. Today we're going to be talking about omegas and how supplements work in dry eye disease. Welcome, Zach. Welcome, Whitney. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to roll through a series of questions, and this may, this podcast really, we've, we've planned it well in advance of this date, but it may be a great opportunity to talk about some new things that have come to light in the last couple of weeks in terms of omegas, and I want to kind of get give you an opportunity to give your uh, impressions on some of the new data that's been presented. As we kind of get started, I'm going to give you some sort of high-level overview questions, and we'll go ahead and get started with that. So what do you think the role is for supplements in eye care practice? And I'm going to have a little follow-up. I'm going to give, make this a little harder. I'm going to have a little follow-up that says, why are they important? And really, honestly, as as eye care providers, why should we even latch on to this? Why should we care? <laughs> well, when, when SBH started, um, you know, Science-Based Health was the first eye supplement company, um, and we started uh, over 20 years ago, no one did care um, or, or know about supplements for eye care. Um, but, um, you know, already at that time, there was interest from patients who would read things in a supermarket magazine or hear about it from a friend and, and, um, and start taking things for their eyes. Um, and the problem was they had no guidance. And um, people were often taking high doses or, you know, inappropriate combos, and it was a real mess. And, and doctors were worried and, and kind of in this tough spot where they, they had no advice to really give. Um, and so, you know, our, our, we were founded on the idea that this should be in the hands of the eye doctor. Um, you know, it's, it's to support eye health. And as more science has been published over the years, like ARIDS and dry eye studies, um, you know, nutrition has slowly moved, you know, squarely into the heart of clinical practice. Um, and so our role is to, you know, kind of back that up with science and, and perform clinical trials. Um, we have a new clinical that was just published in glaucoma um, and, and really trying to kind of um, make this something that is science and, and evidence-based. Right. Well, you know, you really raise a, a good point about patients years ago finding their own supplements, finding their own way with, with things like that. And in my clinical experience, my dry eye patients tend to be the most information-hungry and sometimes most information-starved patients that I work with. You know, when you have patients who have glaucoma or, um, you know, macular degeneration and things along those lines, a lot of times you really wish you could get those patients to engage a little bit more. You know, compliance mm -hmm. rates tend to be low. Mm -hmm. Conversely, my dry patients are constantly finding things, bringing in things from the Internet, you know, engaging me with yeah. that. And, you know, I think you've hit the nail on the head that really being a doctor-driven prescribing of supplements can be an advantage because then you know what your patients are taking and you know what you recommended. Uh, and I think yeah, this partic particular patient population is very open-minded to, to those things, whereas others just generally don't seem to be. Yeah, and I'm sure you get patients who are, um, you know, more than just open-minded and come in with, you know, a stack of things that they want you to read or, you know, could almost go <laughs> right, right. Over, the, over the top. Um, right. But, um, you know, I mean, I think a they're onto something because 
because you know, I mean, because nutrition is important to human biology. I mean, our our eyes would quickly fry from UV light if we didn't have carotenoids like lutein sitting behind our photoreceptors and. Uh, every NSAID in existence is based on omega fatty acid metabolism. So it's, it's central to what we do every day and, and, and to eye care clinical practice. Um, you know, and so you know, I think a lot of people just don't um, you know, think about that much. Right, right. You do raise a good point. If a few people get away from themselves with, with their you know, overindulgence and in information sometimes, but having sort <laughs> of a background in, in nutrition and supplements that you can be armed with when your patient comes in that's fact-based might really be a benefit in, in getting them on the right track and moving in the right direction versus, you know, some practitioners may just sort of dismiss them because, you know, it seems right. outlandish what they're saying and really giving them a, a pathway to follow might be ideal. Um, yeah. So some findings from the DREAM study were recently released and this is, you know, almost, dare I say it, been controversial. And I was wondering what your main <laughs> takeaways are from the study. Well, you know, lately everything is coming up dream. It's just been dream, dream, dream. <laughs> so from the moment the, science, from the, moment the, the study was released, um, you know, my, my phone caught fire, you know, and, I, and I've, I've just been sort of deluged with messages and people asking me for, for input. Um, and I think that's it's just been sort of nonstop since then, um, and, and, in, and in part because this was a confusing study, um, and so people kind of need some kind of guidance to kind of help understand it. I think um, so. You know, it was an imperfect trial um, and, and very often misunderstood, but I think there's still a lot of in, good info to you know for it to teach us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the the big headline was that fish oil didn't perform significantly better than olive oil, which was their primary endpoint. Um, and most people have, a lot of people have latched on to this and raced off in the assumption that fish oil didn't work, um, which isn't quite the case. Um, right. You know, our dry honestly, eye that was my major concern about it. Well, as soon as I read that, mm -hmm. that's going to be the take-home of a lot of practitioners because, you know, we live in a society now where people like to read the headline and not go any deeper than that. And, you know, mm -hmm. certainly in science, that's a vulnerability, but, you know, it's, I'm so glad that you're, you're addressing all that for us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we live in the era of the soundbite, right? You know, so, right. um, and that's, you know, that's where you, you can get into trouble with studies or, or kind of do yourself a, a disservice, um, you know, and, and um, you know, I mean, really it would be our, our dry eye product actually competes against, you know, just fish oils. And so it would actually be in my interest to, to say that fish oil didn't work, but I, I really am a believer in, in following the science and really reading the studies, um, you know, and I think that's really the most important thing here. So, I mean, you know, in, in truth, both fish oil and olive oil, they're, they're chosen placebo. Uh, I should put that in quotes because, you know, it didn't turn out to be much of a placebo maybe, but um, they both improved dry eye symptoms and signs. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, the, the placebo was kind of the, the wolf in sheep's clothing. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, dr dream kind of morphed, um, you know, from a, uh, a comparison of an active and a placebo to almost like a comparison of two treatments. Um, which it wasn't really prepared to do. Um, you know, obviously olive oil wasn't a great choice for the placebo. Um, there's been a lot of research on its health benefits for the Mediterranean diet, and um, that's why we chose sunflower oil, actually, for our clinical trial. 
Um, but um, you know, you can see where the where the you know, confusion stem from um, because you know there's there's some nuance in this. Right. Right. You know, with all this confusion and controversy, is there anything else that people are missing or getting wrong? Or, you know, is there anything else you think we can glean from taking a deeper dive into it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, there are so many things that have, um, people have gotten wrong or, or misunderstood. Um, but first, I guess I'd just like to, to make a plea. I mean, I, I think that, that all doctors and everyone really should arm themselves by reading studies. Um, it's a skill. Right. Um, don't let yourself be intimidated um, and, and just rely on other people's sound bites for your information. Um, you right. know, it's, I, I feel really lucky to, you know, to have gained that skill, um, you know, because it's just, you know, kind of opened up, you know, a lot of doors for me to kind of check my own info. Um, so, you know, for this yeah. study, I've also... Um, it's, it's really hard, I think, a lot of times. I think, I think you kind of maybe alluded to this a little bit. There's maybe a little bit of an intimidation factor for, mm-hmm. you know, private practice doctors who are, you know, just trying to get through the day and see patients and, and treat their patients well. And it's hard to come home from a long day of clinic and think, I'm going to crack open a study. You know, there's probably a lot of right. things that you want to open up <laughs> at the end of the day and studies aren't going to open Right. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, but I, I think you're right. Sometimes, particularly with some of these more provocative things that we see, you know, relying on on people uh, to, to provide you valid information is, is not always in your best interest. And I think, you know, really being your own decision maker for your patients is important. I think you raise an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, really my strategy would be to crack one open while I read the study. You know, that would be right, – right, but I'm a science geek, right. <laughs> which is yeah, probably why exactly. I didn't get many, you know, dates in high school. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, 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 you know, I mean, but, but, but your, going but back to – the blowing up when the, when the dream study comes out, huh? That's so. right, right. That, that shows you, you know, just, just how much of a geek I am. Um, but, you know, kind of, kind of touching on some of the things that people have, you know, that have, that have gotten – misunderstood from the study, um, you know, we cover that, you know, the, the, the false impression that fish oil didn't work. Um, but there have been a number of other things. Um, you know, some people thought that the study uh, participants were allowed to use IPL or Lipiflow throughout the study, which wasn't true, um, or that the study, you know, they stated the study was invalid because it didn't include osmolarity when two-thirds of the participants were actually had their osmolarity tested and it was part of the analysis of the study. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, and, you know, also like things like it's been talked about a lot, like the use of Zydra or Restasis during the study. Um, right. Uh, people were not using Zydra during the study because it was only launched um, well, you know, after the study had right. begun. Um, and the restasis use really wasn't any different amongst the, the two groups. In fact, there were slightly, a slight portion more uh, restasis users among the fish whale group. So it should have helped the fish whale group, not, um, you know, interfered with any uh, findings, if anything. Um, and same goes right. with all the kind of other medications and things that were used during the study. It was pretty much, there was really no difference between the groups and what people were using. Right. Well, you know, this, the study had fish oil versus placebo and the in quotes mm-hmm. placebo of olive oil. 
you know, for our listeners, you know, how does this really relate to science-based health dry supplement hydro-eye? I mean, what's the, what are the differences? Where, how does this compare and contrast for, for that product in particular? Because it is, it's not an official product exactly, so. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, um, uh, you know, I think you can't paint a, a broad brush. Um, right. and, and this, you know, this, this study was, was imperfect and it was, um, you know, it was, it was kind of daring in that it was a, a study that tried to look at sort of a real world dry eye, like every, the big tent, everyone in dry eye, instead of taking uh, just a narrow slice of dry eye compared to other studies. Um, but, you know, you can't apply it everywhere. Um, and it doesn't really apply to our dry eye product, Hydri. Um, because our um, because Hydri uses a unique omega called GLA or gamma linolenic acid uh, that's from black currant seed oil, uh, not something you count, encounter every day, um, and that's not that omega is not found in fish or flax or diet. Um, so this wasn't an omega that was tested at all in Dream, um, mm-hmm. and you know Hydri includes this GLA with other nutrients together. Um, and GLA has been tested in seven randomized controlled clinical trials, um, including the Hydri clinical trial, um, which was published in uh, Cornea in 2013. Um, and that study found you know, improved symptoms, uh, lower levels of inflammatory markers, and smoother corneas measured with topography. Um, you know, so there's good evidence for this omega, and we, it just, um, you know, it's just very different from what was studied in Right. So, you know, you just introduced the audience to GLA and Hydro-Eye. You know, can you describe more about what the science is behind this omega and, and really why it's different, even more than what you've already offered? Well, the reason why it's, it's unique and why it's included in the formula is that, um, you know, there's a lot of intriguing research on it um, because it's, it actually has a tear film-specific action. Um, that's really different from anything you would get from fish oil. Um, it's a precursor to an anti-inflammatory prostaglandin called PGE1. I know I'm getting really geeky here, but this actually <laughs> has a tear film specific action, you know, and, yeah. um, it, you know, it, it has a, a, a very particular application for, for dry eye. Um, and when you combine GLA with just, you know, the right ratio of EPA from fish oil, as in hydrized formula, you get this kind of two-prong attack on inflammation. Um, you know, and some, some other advantages are that GLA is, uh, it's concentrated in its effect. You need very few milligrams to have an effect on inflammatory markers. Um, and so the capsules are smaller. Um, so this comes back to sort of things that, that patients appreciate. Um, right. And because it's plant-based, you know, you don't get fish burps or, you know, reflux or a lot of those problems you tend to get with fish oils. Right, right. Yeah, I, I do notice that the capsules are smaller, and that's pretty advantageous, particularly some of our patients who have Sjogren's syndrome and so forth have struggled to swallow large capsules, and I mm-hmm. think that matters mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. Well, that's excellent. You've given us a lot of food for thought today, no pun intended on the fact that we're talking <laughs> about nutrition. But, you know, I think we, we all need to continue to, to follow DREAM and, and see what comes of it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that, 
you know, we all need to be more uh, diligent in our review of studies, whether it be the dream or anything else, and, and make opinions and formulate them ourselves. Maybe taking some things like podcasts and posts and, and articles and journals and sort of dovetailing off of that into a little bit of a deeper review on our own. Well, Zach, mm-hmm. I'd really mm-hmm. like to thank you for joining us today. Are there any closing comments that you have for our audience, or are you, do you feel like you've said your piece? Uh, well, you know, I just I just want to say, um, you know, once again, I just encourage everybody to to read the dream study and and to you know arm themselves with information, um, and to and to just kind of think about um, you know incorporating nutrition into your uh, practice, um, you know, based upon some some knowledge base and finding a you know a partner that you trust working with because I think that's a, a real service to your patients. Very good. Very good. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself, and that's excellent advice. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today, and we'll be back again soon with another podcast. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you, Whitney.